Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. For those who um, may know, we are working through the series of John, uh, and we will continue John this morning uh, with chap- chapter 15. Um, we've been working through this for a while, and I know for some of you it may seem like it's taken forever, uh, but it's such a rich book for us to learn and to study and to really get to know more about Jesus, number one, more about what he did, and all his teachings and his commands. So this is so we can have a greater revelation of Jesus, myself included, and increase in our obedience of Jesus, which leads to our growth and maturity as followers of Jesus. So our obedience in Jesus is a reflection of our ability and our maturity as followers of Jesus. So that's why we want to go through this book and go through it slowly and make sure we understand what he is teaching us. Uh, We'll pick up on John chapter 15, verse 9. This morning, I will be using the NIV version, but feel free to use whichever translation that you have. All right, the slides uh, and the scriptures will be behind me. John 15, verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now, remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. I have called you friends. For, this, for, for everything that I, I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. In uh, the King James Version, it said, and I ordain you so that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. You are my friends if you do what I command. This is my command, love each other. So let's stop right there. So his command is this, love each other as I have loved you. We see that in verse 17. This is a repeat of what Jesus said earlier in John uh, chapter 13, verse 34. It's a reinforcement, or if I can say a reminder of the command he already gave to his his disciples uh, two chapters ago. It has taken us a few weeks to work through chapter 13, 14, and 15, but keep in mind this is one continuous discourse that Jesus was teaching to his disciples. And just, um, in, just think about it, within a half an hour of Jesus teaching them, he kept saying over and over and over again, love one another. This is my command, love one another, serve one another. So the reason for us to love each other, not only because it was Jesus' command, but it is because we are spiritually bound together 
through Jesus when we accept him as our Lord and our Savior. Just as Jesus is spiritually bound to our Heavenly Father and to all of us, which is how Jesus started with in verse 9 is, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Firstly, we want to make sure we get this out of the way. The Father's love for Jesus. We cannot ever, ever fully comprehend the love of our Heavenly Father for Jesus. Therefore, we cannot fully comprehend the love that Jesus has for us. So if we can just know and acknowledge uh, that it is much more than we can possibly understand or know or imagine. So make sure, first and foremost, let's get that out of the way. That's how much Jesus loves us. Uh, so Jesus wants us to know that he loves us like that, like this un unimaginable love. And for us to stay in his love, for us to remain in his love. It is from this place of remaining in his love where we can draw his unconditional love and to unconditionally love one another. Isn't that amazing? Just as the Father have loved me, I have loved you. And you should love one another just like I have loved you. That's what Jesus said in John 13. So just as we draw life by remaining in Jesus, we went through that in the first um, eight verses of John 15. He's the vine, we're the branch. Just as we draw life from him, he wants us to remain in his love so we can draw love from him. Uh, otherwise, if we don't remain in his love, we will learn to love like those around us. We will learn to love like the world around us love. Sadly, if we are really honest with ourselves, the culture around us love with conditions. It's a conditional love. I'm not talking about the romantic term of love, but just a love in general, love for people. Usually what we see is you love someone, not you. The, the people around us love someone because of favors or status, right? Or conditionally, well, I love you because you can give something back to me. I love you because of your status. I love you because of the favors that I can get back from you. Or I love with bias, right? Bias, I love you because, wow, you're really wealthy, so I want to love you so maybe I can get something back. I love you because of how you look, right? I love you maybe because of your race, but I don't love you as much because you came from a different background, um, because of your upbringing. And most of all, the culture around us love in a finite sense because everything will eventually die. But for Jesus, Jesus loves us unconditionally. Right? The finite love, sometimes, that's why we see so many people around us, well, I'm, I, I'm falling out of love with you, or I'm, I'm loving you less and less as the years go by because it's a finite love versus Jesus, how the Father loved Jesus, how Jesus loved us, and how we are to love one another. So as we remain in his love, that's how we draw the unconditional, unimaginable love and acceptance unconditionally. So Jesus wants us to know that just as the Father loved him unconditionally, we know this in Matthew 3, right? Everyone knows, I think everyone knows this. When, when Jesus got baptized, the Father appeared and said, this is my son whom I love. In him I am well pleased. That was even before Jesus did anything. Before Jesus went around, we all know this, the Father had already spoken love over Jesus, and he's telling us the same thing. I am loving you before you even done anything. I love you unconditionally. So his amazing, amazing love for us is the same as from the very beginning until the end of time. So that's why he's trying to tell us, remain in this love. Remain in my love. And let's, let's encourage one another because when we remain in the love of Jesus, 
that will define who we are. We will be known as followers of Jesus when we remain in his love. We will also find comfort and security in Jesus' love. Because everything that we do as followers of Jesus and everything that we are should stem from this place, the shadow of God's love. You probably have seen this. Hopefully you've read this somewhere along the way. So uh, one example is from Psalms 36 verse 7. How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. And Jesus started in the beginning of chapter 15, which is remain in me. Right? In the beginning of chapter John 15, it's like remain in me. I'm the vine. I'm the true vine. You're the branch. Remain in me. Now he's telling us to remain in his love. It is one and the same for God. Because he is love. God is love. So remaining in Jesus means remaining in his love. Remaining in his love is to remain in Jesus. So this is a place, remaining in God's love, should be a place where we find our identity, where we find our self-worth, where we find our characters. Jesus' love for us should define who we are, not our job title, not what we do for a living, you know, not what we've done yesterday. When we remain in his unexplainable, unfailing love for us, everything else will pale in comparison. Everything else will not affect us. What people say will not affect us because we are remaining in God's love. I, I look at it as an illustration I like to use. is It's kind of like you, you're staying in a zone. Have you guys, um, I love sport, and I know you guys know, I always ref, reference sports, but you know that when you're in a zone, Everything kind of slowed down. If, um, everything, I play soccer. I grew up playing soccer. So when you play soccer, when you're in a zone, all I can see is just my teammates and my opponents. The fans, those on the stand, they block, I block those things out because I'm in a zone. It's the same thing as when you read a book in, in a coffee shop. Right? It's so busy and loud around you, but when you're really in the zone, reading that book, you don't hear anything else. You don't see anything else. Uh, or you are focusing on a task. Everything else, the, the, you don't notice something else. Every, you, nothing else can distract you. So God's love, when we remain in God's love, everything else gets blocked out. The comments, the opinions, the rejections, and the, the fear and anxiety will get blocked out because we are in God's love. There's safety when we remain in God's love. That's why Jesus keeps reminding us, remain in my love. Because when we can remain in his love, Continue to take from him, remaining in his love throughout all seasons of life, not just when things are going well, but also remain in his love when things are not going well. We will truly be able to live out Psalms 23. And I share this on Wednesday, our worship uh, prayer time is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. When we remain in his love, right? When we remain in his love, he guides me along the right path for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will feel no evil for you are with me because I remain in your love. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So remember to remain in his love. That's why Jesus kept reinforcing to them because he was about to leave them soon. He said, no, remain in me. Remain in my love. That's what you need to do from here on out because there's freedom when we remain in God's love. Will we be free from worries because we know we lack nothing, right? Just from Psalm um, 20, 23, we lack nothing. When we remain in his love, 
we will lie down by quiet waters. We, our souls will be refreshed. When we remain in his love, we will have safety, right? Our boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. That's from Psalm 16, remaining in his love. Things will be pleasant. And very briefly, remaining in his love, I know that's a, a sermon by itself. That's a biblical freedom. So biblical freedom doesn't mean that we can just free. A lot of time when people talk about freedom, it means well, you're free. You can do whatever you want, go whatever you want. That is not biblical freedom. Biblical freedom is to remain in God's love. To be able to do whatever you want and go wherever you want, that's called recklessness. So let's not confuse being reckless with freedom. Freedom in Jesus is when we remain in, in his love. Keep his commands. Do the things that he calls us to do. Be obedient to Jesus. That, it come, that's the freedom that comes with that. So Jesus tells us the how to remain in his love. Right? He, first he tells us, my father has loved me. Now that's how I love you. Remain in my love. And then he tells us to how to remain in his love. That is to keep his commands and follow his examples. That's why Jesus is so amazing. He didn't just tell us what to do. He actually have gone through all those things. Actually practically show us how it's done. Right? Because he came on earth in a human form so he can practically show us all the things that he is instructing us to do now. He doesn't have to do any of those things because he's God. He could have just said, hey, this is what I'm telling you, and you go and you do it, period. But he actually taught us those things and walked out those things that he wants us to follow. He just doesn't tell us to do something that he has not done himself. Right? So Jesus remained in the Father's love through keeping the Father's commands. That's what he said. Now he's telling us the same thing. If you want to follow me, follow my example. Jesus is telling us to do the same thing as he was. He's remaining in my love, keep my commands. So keeping his commands will help us to remain in Jesus and his love. He tells us this so we can have his joy, which is verse 11. As we have the joy of Jesus, as I was reading this, suddenly it just dawned on me that you will have complete joy. It's like, oh, wow. How is it that I've read John so many times and I'm just catching this now? That if I have the joy of Jesus, then your joy will be complete. That your jo so the joy of Jesus, Jesus, the beginning and the ending, the alpha and the omega, right? The all-knowing, all-powerful, all-being. There is no greater joy when you are Jesus. There is no greater joy. And that's what we will have, the joy of Jesus, when we remain in his love. Our joy will be complete. Just as he's been saying throughout this whole time is, you will have my peace. If remain in me, you have my peace. Draw from me, you have my life. Remain in me, you have my love. Remain in my love. You will have rest. My rest. Like the rest of Jesus. So we will know that we lack nothing. Right? We will constantly be refreshed. Just from Psalm 23. I lack nothing because I'm remaining in Jesus. I lay my head down in quiet waters with rest because I'm remaining in Jesus. My soul is refreshed because I'm remaining in Jesus. And it's a safety. There's a security in that place. And I want to point out in verse, um, wait, okay, so keeping his commands leads to remaining in his love. That's how we remain in his love, is keeping his command, obedience. When we keep his commands, lead to remaining in his love, leads to having complete joy, leads to Jesus calling us friends. Another situation of Jesus teaching and leading by example. He was about to offer the ultimate sacrifice to those he calls friends. Right? So 
there's no greater love than this, to sacrifice one's life for one's friend. And then he, within hours, he's going to go and live it out. I'm going to show you how it's done, which is laying down one's life for one's friends, right, in verse 13. And I want to point out in verse 13 that we are friends of Jesus if we do what he commands. Sometimes we miss that little, small little thing. Right? If you do what I command, you will be my friend. Sometimes we, 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 we talked about this for the last few weeks. It's like we talked about ask whatever you want and I'll give it to you. But we missed the part about follow, keep my commands and I will give you what you want. Right? We, we forget the part about, hey, if you're my disciples, do what I've instructed you to do and I will give you, what you whatever you ask for. We always like to, to have the second part, but we miss out on the first part. If we do what he commands, it may seem like a small thing because it is a very small thing on our part. However, it is also the same as the small thing like repent of our sins and acknowledge Jesus that you died on the cross for us. It's a small thing, right? That's a very small thing. And what we get in return is eternal life, eternal joy, eternal love, fullness, the love of Jesus. So take a minute to sink that in, to let that sink into us. He's asking us to do a little thing, and what we get in return is incredible. We cannot even explain what we get in return, right? The love of the Father who loves Jesus, we can't understand that. We cannot ever comprehend that. What we get in return, our mind cannot understand what we're getting. So the reason I say that is a small thing to do for us compared to what we will get in return is like, as I said earlier, friend of God, eternal life complete joy and it pales in comparison to what, what we get in return to be called friends of Jesus that's amazing friends of Jesus I think nowadays we don't fully understand what the, the term friends mean friends because you know we walk around and we call everybody hey bro hey buddy hey friend you know this and that but a friend of Jesus firstly let's be reminded of who Jesus is Okay, I just felt I have this verse. It's a little bit chunky, but I want to read this out for all of us to, for us to be reminded of who Jesus is, and then we can talk about friendship. It's from Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 to 20. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together, all things, everything. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among all the dead, so that in everything, in everything, in everything, he might have supremacy. Like in everything he may have supremacy, visible, invisible, thrones, powers, rulers, authorities, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. So that is who Jesus is. That is who is calling us friends. So if we understand and have a revelation of who Jesus is, then we will realize, man, these are the people that I'm hanging out with, right? Because sometimes we compare ourselves to, like, our neighbors. Sometimes we talk about, yeah, these are my friends. They're in high places, right? They, they have status, so that kind of lifts us up a little. Now, we're friends of Jesus. 
and Jesus is calling us friend. So we are his friends, and as a friend of Jesus, the privilege of being called friends by him is everything that Jesus has learned from our Heavenly Father. He has made known to us through the Holy Spirit. So not only do we get to be friends of Jesus, everything, everything the Father has made known to Jesus, he will now make known to us, to you and I, just like regular people, you and I. Um, so just a few things about friendship, right? Friendship of Jesus. Number one, when we are a friend of someone, we're no longer just doing things for him. That's a servant. When we do things for someone, that's a servant. Now we're doing things with him, right? When you do things with a friend, with, when you go down somewhere, you want it on a mission together with a friend. You want to do it with Jesus. He's with us, right? Just, we had communion earlier. He's in us. He's with us. He's among us. So we're doing it with him because we are his friends. Our identity changes. We will no longer be crippled by the opinions of others. That's a really important thing. You know, or, or their classifications, or their limitations that they're trying to put on us. That's a saying that, that really resonated with me and really helped me to overcome what other people think because we're now a friend of Jesus. This is saying, if we live by people's acceptance, we will die by their rejections. So if we live by people's acceptance, we will die by their rejections, and they will reject us. They will reject you and I. We will get rejection, period. It's not an if. We will get rejected. So that's why when we're friends of Jesus, we get to do things with him, and that's where our identity change, of who we are change. We're a friend of Jesus, and we will never, ever be rejected by Jesus. And a friend, also Jesus said that, a friend, we should know God's business, right? We are in the New Testament now. We don't need prophets. We don't need a priest to come and tell us what to do, where to go, and how to live. Prophets are there, prophetic words, and prophetic people are there to, just to confirm the things that we have already heard from God directly. If you've been here for any amount of time, that is what we feel and what we see in scriptures about the prophetic. It's just only to confirm what God had already spoken in your heart. God has already shown you. We don't, you know, we don't, like I said, we don't need to go to a prophet to hear from God. Through Jesus, everything has been made known to us. We don't need to confess to a priest or a prophet so he or she can bring our confession to God. Through Jesus, we can speak to God directly ourselves. We have been called friends of Jesus. I think sometimes we miss that. Sometimes we don't fully understand what it means to be a friend of Jesus. We can go to God directly. Let him be the one who refreshes us. Bring our, our expectation or share our expectation to him, the things that we're trusting for. You know, don't expect or have expectation from other people. I mean, we want to have other people in our lives, our leaders, our spouses, our friends. Don't ex have expectation for them that only God can satisfy. We need those people in our lives. But don't expect them to provide what only God can to provide for us. Psalm 107 verse 9. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Go to him to satisfy our thirst and hunger with good things. Because why? He calls us friends. Jesus calls us friends. So let's remind each other, ourselves, to start connecting with God. Instead of only connecting with the man or woman of God. 
We should connect with one another. We need to connect with one another through our love for one another and through serving one another because these are the th commands from Jesus. Jesus said, keep my commands. Love one another, serve one another. We should do those things. However, we must make time to connect with God. It's good to connect with church leaders for accountability and perspective, but do not let that replace the connection with Christ himself. Is Exodus number 20. Uh, Exodus 20, we all, I think we're familiar with this, is when the Israelites was about to go up to the mountain with Moses, but then they got so afraid, so they back up and say, hey, Moses, Moses, go in our place. We're no longer in the Old Testament. We're, God, we're God's friends. He speaks to us. Everything has been revealed to us. So the flip side is don't only connect with God. I hear that often. You're like, well, I spend time with God. I don't need to spend time with anybody. I don't need to go to church. Just don't only connect with God and not with those God has put around us within the local church. We're not following his commands to serve and to love one another. Right? How can you serve and love one another if you don't belong to a local church, if you don't spend time with one another? Not following his commands leads to not remaining in his love. That's, that's going to be harsh. But that's what he said. If you keep my command, you will remain in my love. So if we don't keep his commands, we will not remain in his love. Leads to not having his joy. Because if we remain in his love, he will have his joy, and our joy will be, will be complete. Lead to not being able to truly understand what it means to be friends of Jesus. And lastly, just like in verse 16, lead to us not being made known of the things that God has for us. Do we want to know what God has for us? I do. I will not be ashamed to say that I want to know what God has for me, for our family, for our children. I want to know. But there are steps to that, that we need to follow so we can remain in his love, feel our joy, have complete joy, because, friends, and all the things that the Father will reveal to us. If we're not his friends of God, then we're servants of God. Just very briefly about servants. Jesus said this, if you're a servant, you don't know God's business, right? You kind of show up and you go about and do your own thing. A servant doesn't know God's business. Like a servant doesn't know an owner's business. Like, for example, I think who, I, I work in a business setting. Anyone work in a business setting? I mean, do you know the CEO's business? Like what he wants to do in the long run? No. You pretty much do what you're told. That's what a servant is like. A servant is more like a one-way relationship. An owner will tell a servant what to do, and a servant go and get the job done, Period but we're being called friends. So when I read this passage a long time ago, when Jesus said, I no longer call you servants, I felt like I got a promotion. Do you guys ever feel that? Do you feel that? I don't know if you feel that, but I, feel like I, I felt like I got a promotion from being a servant. Now I'm promoted to being a friend of Jesus. We have been promoted. Can I use that term? Promoted to being called friends of Jesus. The one through all things were created, and he holds all things together wrap our minds around that. And he calls us friend. So if we fully understand what Colossians 1 verse 15 to 20 said, that I know who Jesus is, then to be called friends of Jesus should make us feel special, right? And if it still didn't, uh, it still didn't make you feel special, it's next verse, verse 16. You didn't choose me, 
but I chose you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you should make us feel special. It makes me feel special. The God of the universe chose me. The God of the universe chose each and every one of us. He chose to be. He chose to be our friends. He chose us to be his friends. Isn't that amazing? He chose us to be his friends and, and appointed and ordained us to go and bear fruit, fruit which will last. Last week we talked about the fruit of the, as in the fruit of the Holy Spirit, right? So if we, if we remain in Jesus, we draw from him, we will get fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is love, grace. It's from Galatians. Love, peace, kindness, gentleness, uh, forbearance. We get all those things. That's within us. That's how we're going to live those things out. So when we keep his commands, follow his commands, remain in his love, each of us will have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now, to bear fruit means how we to allow the fruit of the Holy Spirit to flow from us into those around us, to those that God is wanting us to communicate with in the, all aspects of our lives, our ministries, our workplace, our families, our peers, our neighbors, allow the fruit of the Holy Spirit to come through from what that we have from Jesus that come out into those around us. And ultimately, to bear fruit that will last has to involve Jesus. Jesus is the only one who will remain at the end of the day, right? You may see all the suns and the, the stars in the sky. They, they may last for like millions and billions, gazillions of years, but Jesus is the only one who will remain and who will last. So ultimately, to bear fruit that will last has to involve Jesus. So to bear fruit means to bring forth. Right? To bear fruit means bringing forth or to bring forward. Therefore, it means we have, to be, we have been chosen or ordained by Jesus to bear fruit, to bring forth the good news. Point people to Jesus. This is where I'm getting my peace and my joy from. Point people to Jesus so they can get the peace and joy, so they can receive the fruit that we have, so they can receive eternal life. That's how we produce the ultimate fruit that will last in the life of other people. That's the reason why um, I shared this last week when we went to Haymarket. We get nothing from it. We get nothing from it, but we get the chance to go to preach about Jesus, to bear fruit. And the fruit from our time at Haymarket was three people received salvation. Three people raised their hands and accepted Jesus into their heart. That's bearing fruit. That's what God called us to do, right? One more thing about go forth and bear fruit is this is not something new. It should not be something new to us. And very briefly, it refers back to God's very first and original command to humankind. In Genesis 1, 28, after he created mankind, what did he say? Be fruitful and multiply. So Jesus is reminding us again what God has told us from the very beginning. Be fruitful. Go forth and bear fruit. Bear fruit to all those around us. So verse 16 ends with, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Jesus said this in, earlier in verse 7, and he said this in John 14, um, verse 13. So essentially, remaining in his love, and we will have everything that we ever want or need. There's a difference when we remain in Jesus' love. The things that we ask for will be according to his will. The things that we ask for 
will be according to what he has called us to do. If we don't remain in his love, we would ask for a lot of material things, right? I'll admit it. Sometimes I ask, well, can I get a raise? You know, sometimes I ask, well, can I, can I get through this obstacle? Can I do this, do that? But if we remain in his love, we will know what he had called us to do. And if we pursue after that calling, Jesus will answer our calling and give us what we need. And whatever we need, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, we will have that. We will have the joy of Jesus. Our joy will be complete. We will be called friends of Jesus. Everything has been made known to us. All the mystery in the universe will be made known to us. So I want to try to bring this passage into land now by saying, love means obedience, means keeping his command. So when we do what Jesus commands, we will remain in his love. Isn't that amazing? Just keep his command. That's, that's just a little small part on, our, on us. Keep his commands, then we will remain in his love. That's how we remain in his love. When we remain in his love, we will have complete joy. When we have complete joy, he will call us friends. He will bring glory to us, himself, Jesus. Just as our heavenly father glorifies Jesus when Jesus followed the father's commands, Jesus will glorify us when we keep his commands and follow him. Jesus has already set out an example for us to follow, right? Jesus loves the Father and obeys our Heavenly Father. So this meant carrying out the commission, keep the commands from the Father by going to the cross for us, laying down his life for us because we are his friends. Jesus did that for us, for you and I, because he is our true friend. So as we follow the example of Jesus Christ, keep his commands and remain in his love, we will help bring the focus back to what Christianity is. Christianity, right? Sometimes people have trouble explaining what is Christianity. If I can just say that right now this morning to help us make it simpler for us. Christianity is an actively pursuing someone. We are actively pursuing someone. We're not pursuing anything or something. We're actively, we, you and I, are actively pursuing someone, and that someone is Jesus Christ. That is what Christianity is. It is our entire obedience to Christ. It is our entire desire to be intimate with Christ. We're now identified with Christ. He came to be with us, he walks among us, and he's in us. That is Christianity. That is Christianity. It's our entire being is actively, constantly, every day pursuing after Jesus Christ. So everything in us is connected to Christ, and everything in our lives change radically because Jesus and the world that we live in will never mix. That's why it will change radically because of him. Our life should change radically because of him. If we still live the same way that we did before Jesus, that means we don't really know him. It's, it's, it's kind of, hopefully it doesn't offend anybody when I say that. At least I know it for myself. The way I used to live before Christ to how I am now is much different. And that is how it should be for all of us is we're radically changed because we have this incredible supernatural revelation of who Jesus is and what we have in him. And as we have that revelation, we will never live in fear or anxiety, or worries of other people around us because of our faith in Jesus. I want to end with this last thing to hopefully help us get through this. Is 
faith. We need to have faith in Jesus, knowing who he is and have faith in him because fear exists in the absence of faith. Fear exists in the absence of faith. So when we have fear, remember who Jesus is. When we have faith in Jesus, we will never have fear. When we have faith in Jesus, that means we're remaining in his love. That means we'll have complete joy. That means we'll be refreshed. We lack nothing, right? We lay our heads down in quiet waters. Our soul will be refreshed. So stay within Jesus. Remain in him. Remain in his love. And as a reminder to go back, Jesus loves us like how our heavenly love Jesus. Remaining in his love. This is how we draw our strength our identity of who we are, our courage, preservation, life, how we draw wisdom, right? Everything has been made known to us and directions, life direction of what to do, where to go, and, where, and who to be a part of. What are the people that we want to partner with and go along? Remain in Jesus, and he will tell us and show us all those things. So, um, so I want to end on that note. So let's, um, let's just pray. And then we can end on that note for this morning. Um, why don't you guys stand up? I know you've been sitting for a little while. So let's stand up, stretch your legs, and, uh, and I will pray over us. I will just pray that we will be able to remain in his love. So, Father, we just want to thank you for you, God. Thank you for this morning. Just thank you for that, that you have been speaking through us and reminding us again of who you are, Jesus. Reminding us of your amazing love for us. I just pray, Holy Spirit, you will strengthen us, give us the conviction and the courage to remain in the love of Jesus and stay in that place by keeping your commands. I just pray right now, Lord, to over each and everyone here that all of us, myself included, will remain in your love, will always remain in your love, and have complete joy, a fullness of joy that can only come from Jesus. Yes. Speak against any lies, any doubts, any rejections, any fear, any anxiety. You speak against those things in the name of Jesus, Lord. That we can truly say that Jesus, in you, we lack nothing. Jesus, in you, our soul is refreshed. We love you, and we pray to all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram.